Hello, and welcome to Be Yoga Live with Jenny B. I'm your host, Jenny B, coming to you from Montreal. So it's almost Christmas time here, and I've always celebrated Christmas. As a child, uh, it was filled with magic and presents and lies. And today, I'm going to be talking about truth. A few weeks ago on this show, I was talking about Patanjali's Yamas and Niyamas, the first Yama being ahimsa or nonviolence. And the second is satya, truthfulness. Tell the truth, don't lie. And I take this really seriously. So speaking of Christmas, when my kids came along, I decided to do things a little differently. We nixed Santa. And this is horrifying for many people, my parents included. Growing up, Santa was Christmas. The big guy in the red suit with the white beard. The unbelievable story of reindeer and, and chimneys and my sisters and I wrote letters, we baked cookies, we left sugar and carrots for the reindeer, and, and we hoped we had been good enough to get all the fancy presents that we asked for. And it turned out whether we spent the year grounded or not, we always seemed to get what we asked him for. And one year, I don't know how old he was, maybe, maybe seven or eight, maybe younger, I accidentally stumbled upon this Ninja Turtle beanbag chair in my parents' closet. And a few days later, it was under the tree marked, Love Santa. So I put the pieces together, and I didn't take it well. My immediate thought was, if my parents are lying to me about this, what else are they lying about? And I realized that's not always the reaction that kids have when they find out. But for me, it was huge. And it was huge enough for me not to want my kids to have the same reflection when they discovered that I had been lying to them over the years. I tell them with the truth, expecting they will do the same. To me, it's about respect. And I expect criticism on this point of view. I have had it again and again, but I also have a lot of people who do see it the same way. Um, and whether you agree or not is not actually important. It's the choice, choice that I made for my family, and I'm happy that I did it. Uh, Christmas hasn't been ruined for my children. They're incredibly excited. They, um, they just know that the fancy gifts come from mom and dad. I wonder if it was this event that pushed me towards satya or truthfulness. I really do do my best to speak only the truth. But these days I'm admittedly finding that a little difficult. I legit don't even know what the word truth means anymore. I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't know who's lying. And these days fact certainly seems way stranger than fiction. I also think at this point in time, it's a little dangerous to take anything at face value. I think it's important to continue to question everything we are being presented. And anyone who claims they know the truth truly frightens me. And because so much of our lives right now are on screen, work life, social life, we're kind of immersed in other people's versions of the truth. And on Facebook, right here where you're possibly watching this broadcast, I sit in a funny place with thousands of friends, many I don't actually know. And there's this incredible divide between genuine excitement and celebration over the new COVID vaccine, their pro-mask, their pro-lockdown, all the way to the other side of the spectrum where I have people on my Facebook wall and on their Facebook wall talking about microchips and the vaccines and calling our country China. Now I sit somewhere on the fence between these two extremes and sometimes I want to party with these guys and sometimes I want to party with these guys, but I'm honestly not sure if I'm welcome in either place. 
And I've certainly laughed at myself a few times recently when I've posted something on Facebook and I just took for granted it was true. And it turned out that I was spreading lies, lies, lies. I don't know if you guys saw that post about a woman named Jeanette who was gathering groups of people to patrol the streets at Christmas time to make sure no one was breaking, uh, no one was breaking the rules here in Quebec. And it was so ridiculous, but it was so believable. So I shared it and people shared it from my wall. And it turned out I contributed to a lot of people getting really riled up. It turned out her profile wasn't even real. There was no Jeanette. <laughs> um, forget about the team she was assembling. There was not even a Jeanette in the first place. And I got called out by my own personal fact checker, JP, and I'm actually glad for it. As some of you might know, before this particular leg of my life as a yoga teacher, I was a journalist. And uh, just going to J school was pretty exciting for me. I went in there believing with my whole heart that this was a line of work I was getting into right at the top of the most important things that I could do to help humanity. And I believe the media was the beacon of truth. And as a journalist, I could help uncover the truth and it would reach people around the world and I could affect great change. At some point though, I became a little disillusioned and going into 2021, I actually have a very, very hard time believing the media machine I was once a part of. I actually almost feel like it's a little evil. And I don't know if it's mass media that has changed over the years or it's me, or maybe it's both. So here I am wearing a tinfoil hat because according to some people, once again on Facebook, I'm a conspiracy theorist, and I allegedly also believe and propagate pseudoscience. Now the pseudoscience that a friend of mine accused me of spreading was my belief that vitamin D can help in the prevention of COVID and that it's useful in the recovery from the virus. Now I'll name this particular friend a vitamin D denier or an anti-vitamin Der. My mind was a little blown when he who happens to be a nurse said this, Studies have been showing for some time now that the people being affected worse with COVID are people who are vitamin D deficient. And in places like Canada, the UK, most places around the world, we absolutely need to be taking supplements. But this isn't news and it's not opinion, it's a fact. The conspiracy theorist accusations make me laugh because they come out anytime I insinuate that mass media government, the pharmaceutical companies might not always have our best interest in mind. I get called a conspiracy theorist when I suggest that it's possible a brand new vaccine using brand new technology might possibly have some kind of side effects. Just saying it's possible makes me a paranoid tinfoil hat wearer. I'm a conspiracy theorist for my curiosity in Bill Gates. I get shit for not wanting myself or my kids to use Purell every 10 minutes. I get called a QAnon supporter for posting an article about a little girl who got a nasty face infection from wearing a mask. With these accusations coming at me by people who don't seem to realize that my kids and I do have vaccines and that I do wear a mask every time I enter a building, I decided to research the way that we all research these days by Googling a few of these terms since clearly I was clueless. Now, trustworthy Wikipedia says that people who believe in health-related conspiracy theories are less likely to follow medical advice and more likely to use alternative medicine instead. 
this, as you imagine, says Wikipedia, is a significant obstacle to improvements in public health. Of course, this entry also talks about people who think putting fluoride in the water is a terrible idea. And that the big pharma conspiracy theory, which is the idea that pharmaceutical companies aren't actually trying to cure deadly diseases because they would negatively affect their bottom line. Well, shit. Color me a conspiracy theorist. As for the pseudoscience thing, this nurse friend had like a million other beliefs he could have chosen from outside of the very well-proven idea that vitamin D is crucial for good health. And I honestly didn't know that the majority of what I believe in and use and recommend is actually considered pseudoscience. So I'm kind of dying here. In this list on Wikipedia was hypnosis, Ayurveda, acupuncture, naturopathy, traditional Chinese medicine, osteopathy, aromatherapy, craniosacral therapy. I could go on and on, really. I host this virtual moms meetup on Mondays, and I decided to throw this topic at the group right after this friend suggested uh, that I was perpetuating pseudoscience. And I had, I had just naturally made a recommendation to some of the moms uh, who were struggling with teething issues that they could try homeopathy. Uh, and then I, I, t I admitted that I was, you know, maybe an expert in, in pseudoscience. And one of my favorite moms on the planet who is in that group, Alice, she said, she said, Jenny, since you're an expert in pseudoscience, what do you think about amber teething necklaces? Well, I said, I can tell you that my babies always wore them. And when people take these recommendations, it's because they understand that homeopathy might actually relieve their baby's teething pain without causing all of the undesirable effects of acetaminophen. They realize that even if it's only a placebo, but it works without causing any harm to baby, then that's fantastic. Why not always look for the gentler way? At worst, it does nothing and baby is no worse off. The thing on Wikipedia list that hit me the hardest was Ayurveda. As an Ayurvedic lifestyle consultant and massage therapist, it actually stung and it made me feel like a bit of a fraud because it's something that I believe in with my whole heart. Ayurveda is the knowledge of life. It's the science of life, not the pseudoscience of life. When I teach about it, it's coming from a deep place of understanding and knowing and belief. The word pseudoscience itself means false knowledge. So in this, we're saying this rich traditional system that has been around for 5,000 years is fake. It's fake because Western science doesn't understand it. If you caught the show last week, Dominic Tambuzo came on to talk about Ayurveda and epigenetics. And um, my feeling after speaking with him is that this is yet another place where the West clues in to what the East has always known to be true. So this is it. There isn't always one truth. And truth doesn't always come from a double-blind, peer-reviewed study. There's tremendous value in anecdotal evidence. There's tremendous value in intuition. And in the West, we don't value these things at all. Donna Fari, who I always talk about when I bring up Patanjali Sutras, reminds us to develop our commitment to truth by practicing right speech. If you say something, you're damn sure it's true. And she says in one of her books, uh, Yoga, Body, Yoga, Mind, Body, Spirit, A Return to Wholeness, she says, if we follow this precept with commitment, many of us would have a great deal less to say each day. Maybe less, we would have less to post on Facebook as well. Now, the right speech she's speaking about is one of Buddhism's pillars. 
something I've recently committed to practicing, like like really recently, is letting my thoughts pass through these three gates before speaking or writing. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? This is the place where himsa, nonviolence, trumps satya, truthfulness. As my nine-year-old guru said the other day during a conversation on the subject, but like if a four-year-old brings me a drawing and it's super ugly and she asks me what I think, I don't think I should tell her the truth. She got it. Kindness before truth in some cases, especially when truth is just an opinion. What she says to this little kid shouldn't cause harm. I told her she could avoid answering yes or no and turn it into a comment about the colors or even asking the four-year-old a question about the drawing instead. But as I began this show, like I said, there are days I really just don't know what's true. Some things we can't know. And if we can't look to the news or the government to find the truth, and I don't believe we can, then what and, and who and where? The only solution that I have found is to go within. The only way through these days is to trust ourselves, to trust our intuition, our own hearts, to sit quietly and listen. And your truth isn't going to match someone else's and that's just gonna have to be okay. You don't have to convert people. You don't have to try to wake them up. It all happens on its own time or it doesn't. Okay, I'm talking to myself here. So I wish you luck, like I wish myself luck in understanding the difference between fact and fiction right now, understanding the difference between reality and illusion. Thank you very, very much for watching. Um, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back next week, not for an official show, just a little, uh, just a little pop in with a special announcement for the new year. And so this is the last official show for 2020, and I do look forward to seeing you in 2021. Peace.